The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, what is going on, guys? <laughs> Today's guest is my good friend, Chris Holmes, right? Holmes, how you Holmes. say it? Holmes, yeah. like Sherlock. Bed with last names. They're, they're tricky sometimes. Um, he is a drag racer, been racing at Bradenton for probably a decade. Build cars, tune cars, yep. machine work, you name it. Ventured into all of it. Videography on cars. Yep. Kind of just deep into everything. But I'm really interested in... Um, were you on a Navy ship tuning? Uh, no. no. Oh, um... <laughs> were you tuning from remotely? No. Uh, so I started tuning and, uh, getting, uh, more into cars after the Navy, after, after I was at the Navy. Uh, but now that you, you did mention tuning while offshore, yes, I did, when I lived in Texas for a little bit and, uh, worked offshore, I did, uh, remote tune, which is kind of, uh, sketchy because... We had very limited internet, and it was like satellite internet, and uh, sometimes the, the clients um, who were paying for the internet like really looked at like each megabyte that you sent. So <laughs> so you were on an oil rig, I assume, at that uh, point? Not an oil rig. They were um, survey vessels, okay. so we did uh, acoustic surveying. <laughs> so you were remote tuning Mustangs from yep. a offshore vessel in Texas. That's pretty awesome. Yep. And, so uh, Navy time... Remote tuning, that's awesome. Yep, and uh, in the med too. So it would be nighttime, and they or it'd be early in the morning, and they'd be at the track like the previous day. I know because of time. time You used to tune a couple of my friends' cars back in those times, and then obviously, you know, like uh, every racer, you escalate to a point where you need somebody on on scene. Yep, that's really there. You need to learn your car a little better and that kind of stuff. Yep, but that's pretty fun. I mean. uh, remote tuning in texas did you get to race out there at all or were you kind of in the middle of nowhere for the year and a half almost two years i was out there i never i think went to the track once it was um the the street scene in texas is uh is pretty cool so uh yeah i I got to got to see that firsthand and it's it's pretty crazy did you have sally out there uh yeah i did have the mustang out there it wasn't it wasn't as crazy as it was um before i got rid of it but uh so the Mustang, in reference, is yep. your Turbo Sally, which is a yellow Boss. Is it? Was it a Boss? Uh, nope. It was a California Special, actually. Oh. Um, it looked like it has the Boss colors, or I, similar. I'm wanting to say that the Boss did come in. I know the Boss came in a yellow. It was like a school bus yellow. But um, but yeah, it was a it was a California Special that I had to put the uh, 5.0 badge on because. In uh, eleven and twelve, when they came, when they did the uh, 
California Special, they, uh, they just had a stripe. They didn't put the whole or the 5.0 badge on the fender. First thing I did was rip the California Special, that little black stripe off of it. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple weeks went by, and everyone would ask me, is that a V6 or a V8? So I was like, damn. So I went and got the little 5.0 emblem and stuck it on the side. Yeah, it always kind of did have that like V6 almost look to it. I don't know if it's something with the hood or the bumpers that they came with that kind of made it. Because the we're talking about, what, S197? Yeah. So there are so many different body styles that they came in. I think what what lends to that is it comes with um, the little side scoop. So it looks like something somebody would put on a V6, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like you go to AutoZone and and grab the stick on stuff. Yeah. It it comes with that on the side, like the like the fake brake ducts in the rear. So I think that may lend itself. Yeah. And you've been racing that car at Bradenton BMP forever also. I feel like I saw a photo of it. In like 2012, uh, yeah, at uh, I think it may have been early or late 2011 um, when I got out. When I got out of the military, uh, started my own shop, and that was the vehicle that I had. And uh, didn't have a bunch of money or anything, so we did a uh, direct port nitrous setup on it. And uh, as one does, and yeah, so cheap, good, cheap to go fast, you know. Heck yeah, it is. And, I, mean. uh, I think it was the the NMRA spring break shootout. It may have been the 2012 where I uh, first raced it with the nitrous on it out there. And in 2012, that car was, you know, fairly newish on the scene, I guess. Yeah, it was like one model year old, so. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a 2012, but I got it in 2011. So pretty new car out there beating it up, nitrous. <laughs> yeah, that, that was before the Coyote scene took off. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't much. Yeah, like, that was super early into it and I, I, I mean i remember going 10 i was like 10 2 with the direct port on it and um one of my buddy uh pete apple he was a uh, a writer and editor for uh, muscle mustangs and fast forwards at the time and i remember doing like a, a 10 2 or something and he saw it and then he saw it in the pits with the hood up and saw the you know the the crazy because we did it on top of the stock manifold not like, like the nice stuff that that Nitrous Express and stuff does now. So, yeah, it had lines running everywhere, and he freaked out. He was like, we got to get this thing in the magazine. we got to get this thing in the magazine. And um, I forget his name right now, but he's he was at the head of the magazine at the time. The um, little short guy, he's, he's really good at driving. They always have him in uh, – I forget his name, but um, he was like – they were all into it. Mm-hmm. And – they, for run, something running yeah, you were out there with a brand new car yeah. that there probably wasn't many of them out there. NM, NMCA is mostly just like, or NMRA, whatever, one of yep. those two. It's just like a bunch of old boomer Mustang guys. Yeah. <laughs> bracket racing. The, the, the NM, that's a whole other topic about the NMRA, or the, NMs, the NMRA and how they don't want to pay for payouts and stuff like that. Well, they like, moved from Bradenton this year now to yeah. OSW, so they... Now the Mustang race at Bradenton is going to be mod knots. Oh yeah, so which is good, a hundred times better than anything that NMRA can ever think about putting on. Yeah, it's it's very different, very different style of event for yes. sure. One and is one is made to bring in money. One is made for the racer. Yep, yep. So they're moving from. South Georgia Motorsports Park to Bradenton. That'll be an awesome event. Uh, Justin Young puts that on. He does a really good job with that and pays out 
really well to a lot of cars. So that'll be cool. Um, your car, though, you progressed that thing into, what, mid-8s? Um, it ran bottom sevens. Oh, bottom I think sevens. The, the last time it ran quarter mile, actually, was um, at the very first uh, Christmas tree race. Mm-hmm. Garrett's Christmas tree race, or Cleese's uh, Christmas tree race. It was the last time it ran quarter mile, and it was, it was geared for eighth mile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you no-time raced it a little bit. Yeah, I, I did my best to no-time race. So everything is... Twin it, turbo big blocks out there. Yeah, you can. It, you you'd be amazed at what you can do on a budget if you can do the work yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that car evolved into a a, a no time car kind of by accident. Um, it it eventually got a, a turbo four hundred in it, and um, still not a you know I still drove it back and forth from uh, Sarasota down here to Northport. So I. At, at a time, I was doing 70 miles a day on it with a turbo 400 and a built motor, sleeve motor, yeah. a turbo kit. And um, eventually, the uh, direct drum exploded at the top end of the track, took out all underneath the dash. And as I was pulling the dash out and everything, I was like, you know what? Let's gut it. Let's go all out. Wait, so we kind of just breezed <laughs> over. You actually had your trans come through the, the tunnel, the interior of the car. Yes. Ah. That sounds really exciting. Um, at, at the time... At what, 1,200 V, 1,300 V? Um, it, I just shut down, so it was at the top end of the track. Oh, so it was on D-cell, are you saying? Because, like, I mean... I don't know. Trans kind of do come so apart I, at D-cell. So I threw the shoe. It, yeah, it, it, it could have been on D-cell. Um, I don't know exactly when it happened. I, I didn't realize it happened at the time. Um, so I, the car was still idling. You know, it was still... I mm-hmm. shut it down. I threw the shoe, shut it down, coasted around, and I'm... And I'm picking up the chute, I'm, you know, pulling in the chute real quick, and I'm noticing there's a bunch of, like, oil on it. And I see, like, a sheen on the back of the, on the, back of the car. It's at night. And um, I was like, what the? So I, I open the door, the passenger door, and I see, like, some plastic and stuff. And I, and I look, and there's, like, a, a chunk of the direct drum. First thing I did was, like, oh my, I, like, checked my legs. I was like, did something hit me? Did yeah. something come on the other side? And then by that time, I hear... I remember it was a CR, CRX, or it was like a Del Sol, Honda Del Sol, that had been in the fast lanes with me, you know, the, the, the far side of the track. Yeah, he was probably right behind you in the lanes a couple yeah. cars back. Yep, and he, I hear him um, uh, shutting down and then like, skirt, skirt, like, and I'm like, oh, shit. So I jump on the phone and I call, uh, his name's, uh, I call Petey. Yep. At the top of the track, I'm like, hey, I just oiled down the shutdown lane. Need to stop running these cars. He's like, what? And I hear the next car coming out. I'm like, oh, man. So That's why I'm also religious about my parachute. Like, even if I'm not even going that fast, because it'll save you if you come across some oil that... Yeah, if someone notice. in front of you oiled down the track or mm-hmm. your brakes give out or something like that. People try to be stingy on dumping the chute because they don't want to pack it, but... If you want to be stingy, run eighth mile, because then... Then you got plenty of shutdown. I love eighth mile. It's so great. <laughs> Everybody always gives me crap for wanting to run eighth it's, mile. It's easier on parts. It's cheaper on things. You can go faster if you gear your car correctly. You don't have to worry about the I mean, sixty foot's the fun part. Safety. I mean, the, you got to be you got to be on safety. But there's something to be said about doing 160 maybe if you're really fast. You know, 60, 70 in the eighth versus over 200 miles per hour. Yeah. I mean, 160 in the eighth is flying. 
That is cooking. Yeah, you're accelerating fast, but you know that's your peak mile per hour. You're shutting down. You have another eighth mile mm-hmm. to shut down. Uh, doing, I mean, what? There's four cylinders. Kyle at the the Christmas tree race was doing 180. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's that's fast. Yeah, Kyle was. I mean, 180, and then he was doing that in the NSX. The same thing, basically, in a roll race. 180. My Camaro did that in a roll race, but I'm only going 140 in the eighth, which is nothing for eighth. It's it's nothing for a no time race. Right. That, that's still fast. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, you're still it's accelerating fast. hard. And then when you get driven by, is crazy yep. feeling. Like, yeah, I remember uh, going back to the first Christmas tree race. It was me and uh, was it Rick in the yep. the green. Break Prospero. And at that time. Uh, my car was like a 478 car, and he came by me like I, like I hit the brakes and put it in reverse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that's because the way that he had that car always was he 60 footed softly, and then he just brings the power like in. a medium eighth, and then it just yep. full on trained around me. It was because they have no wheelbase, and your car was probably pretty heavy at the time too, right? I, mean, uh, I got really... it down to I think with me and it was like 32. 3250. That's pretty light for those cars. I, I did about all I could as far as free weight reduction goes without mm-hmm. buying Door replacement roof. parts. Yeah. Lighter replacement parts. Yeah, that's where things get really expensive and people don't realize the lightweight yep. level. You can spend way more making your car light than like building an engine. Yeah. <laughs> like just buy like body panels. I know on my car it's it's five grand for doors. Before they're even fitted, like, nothing. Five grand for two for bare the pair, doors. Yeah, and those aren't going to fit good. You're going to have to pay someone, or like I said, if you can do, you can save a lot of money. Do it yourself, but I mean, you're going to have to pay someone to to fit those doors, hang them right. Like mm-hmm. then you got to do do the Lexan windows, and uh, yeah, it gets as it escalates really quickly. That's why ship boxes are really fun, <laughs> like it, my SN95. Yeah, ship boxes are fun because it's easy to. To do the free stuff, cut stuff out, mm-hmm. ditch something. It's not your daily. I don't need that. I don't need that amenity. I don't need that comfort. That goes down a real quick path of I don't need any of this. Yeah, Once you th- start saying I don't need that, I don't need this, it gets a uh, gets it gets going pretty quickly. That's your free. That's your free. That's your free. <laughs> the low hanging fruit, as Jeremy calls it. Yep. Jeremy Fumato would call yep. it the low hanging fruit. So now. We're at your shop, and if anybody's watching, there's a car on the lift being fabricated. Yep. And is that what your plan is to do here, build cars? Uh, you have yeah. machine work. You have a bunch of cars here, another Shelby in front of us. This that's is a, a, That's a shitbox. That's certified certified shitbox. Yeah, in front of us, that's a weird one. I don't really even know anything about that, those. That's an 86 uh, Shelby Charger. It's a, basically a 1986 Shelby or a Dodge Charger. Um, the K car, it's actually an L body, and um, it's a front wheel drive, came with a 2.2 turbo, and uh, put some Shelby stickers on it, and uh, I mean, it was pretty cool back in the day. It, it was, looks very Fox body. It's because it's squarish. Hatch-like. Yeah, it's, like a, if, it's a square kind of uh, uh, hatch. Like, if you kind of did it upright, I feel like you could definitely fool some people at the track. If, if you... Um, It'd be cool if you if you link to one of one of these videos. I'll send it to you, but put it in like the comments or something. Yeah, yeah, we'll put your channel down below. They uh, no, and not even my channel, but oh, the okay. review of this, hmm. where Car and Driver did the review of this, is is comical because back in the day it was a 
it was a, a, a sports car and it ran well and they like bragged on it they you know doing through doing the the cones and the the figure eight and stuff yeah. like that they were really impressed with it and he watched it today and it's like what like you take a, a stock little accord and do that you know it seems um, like something shelby was almost forced to build like they were like hey you got to put your name on this well in the 80s he tried to he tried to work with ford um and they they didn't want to so he went to dodge dodge was like hey come over to us and he did um <clears throat> so this this isn't a real shelby this is a a, a dodge built shelby um he did a lot of the the famous ones the glh um the goat goes like hell mm-hmm. those are the chargers the little little turd box omnis the shadow and he did a lancer that he actually bought and took to the las vegas his las vegas plant and did those are numbered shelby's uh, and then, of course, just like Dodge, or just like Ford does now, they use his name. They use the name, yep. yeah, for a special edition. They, yeah, they changed a couple things, you know, ported an yep. intake or something stupid, and we're like, listen, it's a Shelby. Yep, a little firmer shocks on this one. Um, a lot of them had a better intercooled and like forged internals and stuff like that. More boost, like mm-hmm. a different calibration. They're definitely cool. I mean, they're they're just like you never see something like that anymore. Maybe that's a bad thing that they didn't last the test of time I, too well. I, I like the I like the body of it, but the power plant the uh, the uh, the powertrain was not um, was not up to the task. It was a two point two. I mean, they make rods and stuff, but like that's why it's getting a K swap. Yes. So K swap, <laughs> K swap in the Shelby. Yeah, all wheel drive. So. Uh, it's also it's it's a weird it'll be a Honda Shelby Dodge like yeah I, I, don't, I don't know what Honda to call Chevy, it Shelby, I've been calling it the Chrysler. Red Rocket but it hasn't even moved under its own power in a couple months so well it wasn't probably that exciting under its own power anyways so it's fine it made turbo noises so it was exciting you might as well go drive your 5.0 truck it's probably faster and oh yeah can handle better yeah yeah the, the F-150 is faster the stock F-150 is definitely faster than this thing was yeah Yep. And you do have a single cab, five liter, short bed, which yep. is like that's stock. Yeah, those those have risen in value a little bit recently. Yep, <laughs> everybody uh, wants that now. Yeah, I, I get emails all the time from uh, what is it, uh, like Carvana and the other one that, I mean, they're offering me more than what I owe on it, but you can't go out and replace it. So it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, if if I had two, yes, I would trade one in, yeah. but. So what else is going on in the shop then? I see yeah, CNC so, machines. I see yeah. So we do um, a Fox body. So you can go. So um, that is uh, that is Parker's car. That's uh, Parker Whitlock. He's a good friend of mine, business mm-hmm. partner. Um, the car that we were actually building up there is at his shop right now, finishing up. And um, but yeah, we uh, do uh, race car stuff. Chassis and then, work. Yeah, chassis work, one off. Uh, CNC stuff for said builds and then some job shop stuff so Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you ever had to return a forgotten bag of adult play toys to a pair of sweet old grandparents? Or have you spent your summer cleaning up protein spills at an amusement park? How about going to work every day in a flea infested casino? Hopefully you haven't, but our guests have. Welcome to the Insiders Podcast. Each episode, we bring you an explicit account from a hotel and hospitality industry insider. To listen to these stories and more, go to theinsiders.com to subscribe. That's the insiders, I-N-N-S-I-D-E-R-S.com. I got some list of stuff here as well. Will the yellow Mustang make a return? Um, yes, but not under my ownership. Got um, rid of her. Got rid of her. It's down south, and... Um, it is getting a Barra put in it. Oh. So it's going to have a cool life. I was okay with that. Yeah, it, I mean, you ran its course. Yeah. It, when I sold it, I didn't need to sell it. Um, it was. It's always nice to have a little, a little cash in the pocket when you're just starting out building your business and stuff. So uh, it was like uh, I was put at ease where it went. I saw it for sale, and I honestly was thinking about it because I know the car, and I've yep. seen it work, and... Those chassis work so freaking well. It, it was a basic... Everyone that came up to it, and if you looked under it, like, I mean, it, it still had stock still had stock axles and had a true track. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the rear was welded and it was braced a little bit, but uh, it was a basic, basic setup. Do you think that that's one of the better chassis that you can start with? Because it's hard to argue when you get a 5-liter Coyote... Yeah. Um, they, they're a little on the heavy stuff. side, um, but they're stiff. So it's like everyone, I mean, you can say like, hey, Fox Body, throw a Coyote in it. Okay, well, you're going to have the money of, you know, doing the conversion. And there's just so, so many stock things that I did with that car that ran well. Mm-hmm. It partially contributed to the Coyote platform, stock heads, stock valves. They had valve springs in it, but... Um, kind of killed the four valve. Yeah. Kind of killed the two valve, the four valve, the three valve, all that stuff once the coyote came out. Yeah. You can just do so much stock. Yeah. And they revved so high. They do rev so high. You, yep. When we tuned my 240, speaking of RPM. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you tuned my 240 on Ignite, and it was, uh, it was a brutal night of that car being... A real shitbox. Yeah, I, I remember it being a pain in the butt for some reason. I, I don't remember why, just because I tuned well, so many on that. It had a throttle body that was oh yeah way okay. too big for yeah. a five seven, <laughs> and then it was losing. Um, it was leaking all of its fluids. Oh yeah, it kept leaking fluid. Yeah, kept leaking fluid and losing the belt. Yep. But we made like five hundred horsepower, revving it to like eighty four hundred RPM. Yeah. Because we were just being reckless. Yeah, that was. I remember you, you pulled it off the uh, off the trailer, and then you lost the exhaust on it. Yep. So you had to do like emergency repair exhaust on it. Yeah, drift cars suck. I'll say it. I, I was gonna. In the ass. Uh, the yellow car was gonna be a drift car at once. I still have the full uh, 
full angle kit for the front of it that never got put on it. Solid axle drift car. Yep. That would be fun. A burnout car would be not bad either. There's actually some money to win now in burnout stuff. I know Parker's done a couple. Yep. I don't know if he'll go back. I don't think he's allowed to go back. <laughs> oh. I, I don't think, like, his wife will allow him to go back. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. You would talk about that more than me because you know Parker better. Yeah, he actually, he got hurt at one of the uh, the he, previous He cars. hurt himself. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was nothing. I mean, it was totally self, I mean, it, it sounds bad saying it, but, you know, just the unfortunate events happened and, you know, mm-hmm. radiator exploded and he got he got burnt. Yeah, but he's good now. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's fine. And then, um, yeah, you guys have built some engines here too, right? Uh, a couple here. Mainly, he still does that for his uh, at his day job. He does. Uh, yeah, okay. he's he is the engine builder. I can assemble them and stuff like that, but uh, I'll always like second ask him like, "Hey, am I doing this right? Mm-hmm. Are we good?" Yeah, I don't trust myself he's the, touching that stuff. He's the engine builder. It seems almost um, it's too far in for me to trust myself. I guess you'd say like. There's too many things that need to come out if you did something wrong. But yeah, you're totally you capable of doing you it. Do it wrong. You're, you're totally capable of doing it, but it's it's kind of like it, it's kind of like the the tuning world where it's like, hey, you forgot that one checkbox buried deep down in this menu, and if you don't know it, mm-hmm. like you just cause yourself a whole bunch of headache. So like, you know, uh, if, if there's like a little trick or a little you know uh, tribal knowledge that you didn't know while assembling this engine, you know, yeah. Yeah, the tuning world is a whole nother one. And have you have you looked into doing that a lot more? Uh, no, I actually, I kind of, I, I don't do any of the OEM stuff anymore. Yeah. Just because I don't, I don't do enough of it to stay relevant in it. And it's a lot of tribal knowledge. And unless you have a platform that you can uh, go out and test stuff on, you're testing on other people's yeah. stuff and. I'd rather stick to race cars, doing a bunch of airboats, and just oddball stuff. Like, I'll still do uh, the OEM stuff. I still have all the stuff to do it. But, um, yeah. The airboat world is one that people will not comprehend if they're not in Florida. Oh, yeah. The airboat world goes insanely deep, and those guys build more expensive airboats than people build race cars. Yep. That's, it's, I mean, it's a boat, so there's money involved. (laughs) A Um, lot. It's... It's, it's a good time though. I mean, it's it's kind of sketchy going, eighty miles an hour, in water about like this, mm-hmm. this deep. You know, skinny water. Yeah, and, uh, and they take flight. But building those cars, I mean, building those engines and, the power that they put out. So what kind of stuff have you done in the airboats? Um, twin turbo uh, airboat. A uh, buddy of mine, Lee's, he's got a uh, twin turbo Coyote. And. Uh, I'm like 14, I think, pounds. It's probably making what a car would make, like 900-ish mm-hmm. or so. But uh, they're actually kind of easy. They're easy to tune because you don't need a dyno. They're, they are their own dyno. You just strap it on and hope that. Yep. I've seen them tuned on dry land before, and that's a little crazy because, like, they're pushing the car forward yep. that they're hooked to. Well, if you get behind a big enough truck, and you really don't even need – it's – it's the perfect, because it, that's all it's doing. So you, at wide open throttle, you can do the power, mm-hmm. because um, 
you know, you, you can play with cam timing, play with some spark, play with some fuel, see if it makes more RPM. If it makes more power, it's going gonna, it's gonna to spin more RPM. So you can do it like that. And, um, and they just mess with the fan pitch, basically, to get some more. It's like the fan blades are almost like a converter at that point. Yeah, so you can get they, more they, try to, they try to, to get an, an optimal RPM for the, for the engine and the gearbox and blade. So, you know, on a, on a Coyote, if you're making, you know, 800 horsepower at 7,000 RPM, that might be the sweet spot you want to stay in. So you might have to give it less pitch or more pitch to get, enable the engine at that power level to, to get to that RPM, basically. Yeah, so Just like almost... a converter. So it's like, hey, I want to stall at this RPM. Well, you either need to make more power or you need, to, you need less of a stall to try to push through it. Yeah, that's a fun science in itself, trying to figure out where you want that to be in RPM range. and because you're wide open throttle at a certain RPM for a pretty significant amount of time. Yeah. It'd be like hard on things. If, if they're hauling butt across the pond or something like that, they'll be at wide open throttle, but it's just like a race car. You're not at wide open throttle all the time. I try to be. <laughs> or, okay, drift cars, that's, that's <laughs> no. the only exception, basically, or, or a burnout car. Yeah, drift cars are pretty bad about that, for sure. I try to be as wide open throttle, but, you know, rarely you got to pedal it. But it's like... They're five, not on the limiter, though. Five to eight seconds, depending on how much I run it out. <laughs> Drift cars are on the limiter all the time. Yeah, I've actually spent more time sometimes on the trans brake than I actually spend making the pass, unfortunately. Holding yeah. the button. If you're, if you're on it for seven seconds, if it's got a, yeah. uh, a, a, the, if a courtesy tree or whatever is enabled. Somebody flickers the bulbs a little bit. Or they rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the worst. I've been burned down by myself almost too many times. Just doing that. I mean, I, ideally, you should be able to sit on your trans brake for 10 seconds and not murder itself, but still, it's, it, it hurts you when you're doing it. The physical pain, and it feels like a minute. <laughs> it seems like an eternity when you're like, <laughs> you're just dreading looking at the data logs when the, 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 the temperature is just like steadily climbing or... <laughs> This is going to smell so burnt afterwards. I don't look. I, I hope that it didn't catch the data log. I'm just oh. like, uh, I hope I don't have to send this one off to the tuner. <laughs> and, and you know, it's like, you're okay, if I lift, he's going to bump in. I'm going to have to spool again. It's Yep. And I'm such an idiot because my car spools so quickly, but I'm always, like, more eager to go than I should be. Just don't be the nice guy. That's, always come in last. That's my problem. I think the last time, I didn't really get burned down, but the last time I was on the chip for a while and the... The other guy in the other lane had some excuse, uh, you know, he couldn't rev up or something like that. I was like, never again. I'm always going to go mm -hmm. in last. So The worst is when the people come out there and they're like, oh, it's my first time. I'm going to test the trans brake and the bump box. Try yeah, to get they, into the beams. And it's like, You don't oh. want to do that out there because then yeah. you end up either lurch too far forward or you, you don't go far forward. You know, you don't bump enough in. So, I've recently come to love the supercharger because the no bump and, like, yep. you just immediately put your foot down and it's on the two-step yep. and my mustang is pretty fun because it launches at 5,000 rpm <laughs> it's, it feels pretty spicy even though it's a slow 60 foot it just like that instant like the no prep kings cars that are like supercharged and yeah. they're just like right to the chip and all of it is it, it's not a stick car is it no okay yeah Power slide. yeah stick shift racing is um a different animal that i don't want to go down yeah i'm Three years ago, it was cool. 
now it's like big money, slipper clutch. Yeah. Messing with the clutch every round, and that's everyone. I, I say that because it's going to end up being a, a stick shift car. So I got to learn the whole, <laughs> you know, the whole yep. roll in with the brake and... Uh, you know, I've never had to uh, deal with that, so. There's not much you can do, like, the, the Honda stick shift world is so different, though, than, like, the T56. Yeah. Like, Coyote guys, that stick shift race, where they're pulling it out in between rounds and servicing changing, the clutch. Changing grams. Yeah. And that's that's all of them. That's Granis, that's Tick, Cletus. Like, they're all doing that same procedure. Yeah, in order to get those things to 60 foot, like, it has to be dialed so much variable in those things it's crazy i i don't have the patience for it the honda stick shift world seems a lot different you kind of just you're not pulling your clutch out as much yep. ideally and that'll be cool to race that in the honda world to like <laughs> i guess sport sport uh, compact yeah sport uh, compact race it i don't know we're i'm gonna see how how light i can get it and see um see what pans out with it because i mean if, if it's fast enough I mean, they, the, the Hondas make enough power and trap a good enough mile an hour to be really fast, but they, they leave like a herd of turtles. Yeah. It's like the new GT500s. <laughs> they leave so slow. Those poor GT500s. Um, so we're going to try to see if we can't, I don't know, get like a slipper clutch for it or something. And I don't know. Yeah, see if you can get it to leave. Put 200 pounds of weight plate on the nose like they always do. Yeah. They put a well, being all-wheel drive inch it, thick piece of plating. Yeah. And then, yeah, all-wheel drive. Will you use the subframes? Out of the CRV? Yeah. Um, Front and rear subframe? I think. The, the plan is to kind of um, kind of graft it onto this and then cut out and then remake what... Get it in, get it working, get it situated, aligned, mm -hmm. and then, uh, then we can make custom parts and trailing arms and stuff yeah later. you might have to tub the back of it too i guess the back won't fit a, be a big tire it's uh the charger is a few inches shorter wheelbase but the width um is right at the same for it so oh so it'll be pretty similar to like you're talking honda civic or crv the crv okay yep. i didn't know if you're going off of, like civic specs nope i'm gonna butcher up that crv out there and make it work see if you can make that thing an all-wheel drive Maybe. Oh, it, it's going to be an all-wheel drive. I was going to say you could take it to World Cup, but you do the same thing as me, I guess, at that point, <laughs> where if you're an import and domestic together in yeah, a race. I don't, I don't know what it would. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's more oddball swaps out there than a K swap into a Dodge, you know? I mean, there definitely is, but what I run into at World Cup is I can't have an import engine in a domestic body. Really? It's There's no class that... Import versus domestics. <sighs> so that's, that's what you end up into, unfortunately. Like if you do a 2J in a Coyote, I mean in a um, Fox body, yeah. you can't race there. What if, the, uh, what if you do like a 2J in a, in a new S550? It's like right-hand drive. <laughs> made in Australia. Listen, my door says made in Canada when you open the door. There was an import tax oh, yeah. rate on it. Yeah. No, but, you're right. Why can't you? That's a... I think if they let me, though, then everybody with an LS <laughs> becomes questionable. Yeah, because it did come with an LS. Yeah, we're in a gray area at that point. But I don't want to protest too much, I guess. At, at that point, I feel it. like it's just the name of the event, and they should create some classes to... Yeah. 
to let some stuff race. Yeah, that would be ideal. Um, so, uh, let's go through here. Um, I guess we should talk about your time in the Navy. You said you were a medic. No. Medic? Nope. I was a sonarman. Oh, I thought you said medic. Nope. Oh. Sonar. Yeah. Did you spend any time, like, underwater? Yeah. Oh, that sounds... On subs? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what they do. They go underwater. <laughs> I know. I didn't know if you could do it on the boat. That sounds so... That That is probably a lot of people's biggest fear. Being yeah. underwater. When, when you get down inside those things, it's... Capsule. Yeah, it's... They're not bad. If you can be on an airplane, you can be on a submarine. Uh, I don't know. How long were you down there for, like, at periods of time? I mean, like, when you're on mission and everything, you you very rarely come up. You know, you might come up to, like, clear the day's broadcast, which is just to stick an antenna up and say, yep, we're good, and then come back down. We're still here. Like, 60 days, you know, without ventilating or anything like that. But that's on mission. You're 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 doing your job those 60 days, like... Everything starts to blur together. Do you even, like, I don't even know, like, where to go with that. Like, do you know where you're, does everybody that's working, like, truly know where they're even at? Like, yeah, like you could be in some channel somewhere. Yeah, when, everybody knows where you're at on board. I mean, everyone on board has, like, a base secret clearance. And then when you go on, on and off mission, they'll, they'll, like, read you in and out of a, uh, a little bit higher clearance just in case you see something while mm-hmm. on mission then they basically tell you that they can come after you and mm-hmm. yeah oh, so you federal have... prison and yeah, yeah they, they start talking about all that yeah, so you're not allowed to talk there. about stuff yeah that's fair i mean we'll try to get you to go to federal prison though we'll ask some more questions Sounds fun. <laughs> is there anything that you can say about the trips that you were taking or how it was down there on a submarine for 60 days in a submarine underwater pressurized uh, tube of if if anxiety. I was to travel the seas in a besides like a big uh, like a cruise ship where I've got awesome amenities and stuff like that, I would probably want to do it on a submarine because when the weather is rough, guess what? You just go a little deeper. It's smooth sailing. You guys ever hit any fish? <laughs> Maybe a whale or two. Bumped? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I would imagine something kind of gets in the way. Yeah, there, there's some times where it's like, what was that type thing? And, mm-hmm. But Where I grew up on Long Island, there was a channel that they always talked about that was so deep that the submarines could like come in and out mm-hmm. to Manhattan without you, people even like having any idea because they were so deep yeah, under you, people. You don't need to be that deep. I mean, I mean, 50 feet, you're under a boat pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to notice you. Maybe a fish finder. Yeah, fish, fish finder will find you. That's pretty crazy, man. I, I can't imagine that. I've talked to a couple people that did time on a submarine and wild. It's the it's the coolest experience I never want to do again. That that probably adds up. Did you ever spend any time on the boats? Uh, surface? No. Yeah, no nope. surface. Just the the first time I ever got underway. Actually, you know, off the dock on a uh, on a naval vessel i was in the navy reserves and it was one of those like 30 foot little aluminum boats it was kind of comical i was like this yeah. is the first time i've ever been this underway not some big yeah not some big uh destroyer or something no just, just a little tiny little boat dinky 30 foot boat yep. and a submarine so where did you learn to tune and how many cars blow up trying to learn um 
Mo mostly I'm, I'm self-taught. That comes from an, a, a necessity because either I didn't have the money mm -hmm. or um, I, I tell you where it really started. It started with the Turbo Dodges. Those were my first vehicles that I, that I had. My first car was a 1984 LeBaron with a 2.2 turbo in it. And I remember cranking the wastegate arm on those, um, throwing in a Grand National fuel pressure regulator because it, it's got the same style of fuel pressure regulator, but you could get an adjustable one from a Grand National. And um, it started to, it, chip tuning those. You would take the, uh, the, uh, the chip out of it and you'd have a reader and the tuning software is the most rudimental, like there was maybe 10 tables, like a spark, a fuel, and if it was a later enough model, it had like boost, like max table. That's where I started. And it could probably only read so much boost because they probably had some terrible sensors. Uh, yeah, I think that I think they read it like like two bar or something, two bar map sensor. So you so, were tweaking on those for a while. Yep. And and then I got my first Mustang, and uh, had a bad experience with someone uh, doing work and tuning on it, and. That's when I decided to uh, spend the money and start learning. So what were you doing with the Dodges at the time? Were you actually drag racing them? Were you street racing them? Were you no, I, I really wasn't into to enjoy it? it that's where my kind of passion for cars kind of started. It was just tinkering. Uh, my buddy had a, had a GSX or a, a GST, the Mitsubishi Eclipse. Mm -hmm. So he had, I was always competing with him and, you know. Yeah, the Mitsubishi stuff was kind of the original, like, I feel like that was more of like the original tuner cars because people yeah. could actually get their hands on them. And I couldn't afford it, and I remember, I think I got that car for free, and I remember cranking the wastegate, buying like a three-inch downpipe for it, and uh, straight exhaust in the rear, and I was I was whooping up on my buddy with his uh, 4G63 that had like you know the big intercooler in the front, mm -hmm. and yep, that was that was a good time. That was in a LeBaron. A gold LeBaron. I guess you can't really Convertible. get pulled over street racing a gold LeBaron. <laughs> It'd be pretty tough to uh, to not get away with telling the cops you were just driving your car. Yeah, what are you talking about? This is a LeBaron with some white some white walls on it. <laughs> like a grandma car. I see how you got it for free. They're like they're like one one sixty five or something stupid skinny white walls on them. Are you a car enthusiast looking for an exciting new podcast to listen to? Check out the Test Drive podcast hosted by Lebo Dead. This podcast is packed with discussions about some of the most iconic vehicles in automotive history and inside knowledge from behind the scenes. From the Mustang to the Camaro, we cover it all. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Listen to Test Drive on your favorite podcast app today. So you started your first business, you were, what, tuning? Or you were building? Yeah, it was just a performance shop. And uh, w one thing led to another and I ended up uh, closing that because it, it was just me and uh, I saved a bunch of money while I was in the Navy. Got out and it's hard starting a business, you know? I didn't know, like, lessons learned. Yeah. Um, you don't, you know, you, you don't come out with a, with a fan base or you know, people who know who you are, who recommend you by word of mouth or anything like that. You're just like, 
it's almost like starting a business and sitting there and watching people drive by hoping they come they show up yeah and starting a business when you do all the work is kind of just giving yourself a job yeah it's not exactly so not only do you have to pay yourself you have to pay for the business and Mm -hmm. then like you still have your your daily you know living and stuff to do so we were just talking about that the other day where you know owning your own business is just a 24 7 job that has a horrible boss that expects a lot from you. You might not be always be working, but in your mind, you're always thinking about, okay, what, how, how can I improve this? How can we drum up business? Or, mm-hmm. you know, I assume you like, how can we get more views? You know, yeah, br- uh, branch down different avenues like, like this podcast. You know, which is I think totally awesome. By the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, the goal is to talk to all car enthusiasts of any. Dude, everyone has a, everybody has a story, and someone could be on the outside the most boring person, and you just start talking to them, and they have like the craziest stories that are true, or like you know life lessons that they might think are boring. But like, I've talked to so many car enthusiasts and like people that have been racing for years, and I'm like, man, like this guy needs a book. Yeah. <laughs> like they. You know, a book, obviously, for most car guys isn't going to go anywhere because half of us can't read or don't have the time to. Yeah. So it's like the only way to really get stories documented is through things like this. And that's the long-term goal is to, you know, kind of make a make a multiple years of built-up stories from people and racers. and Yeah, find I like people about and the, force them to sit down, just have them talk. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I'll, I, I do it. I find myself, you know rambling on and going mm-hmm. a million different directions but it you know someone you don't know or i mean you obviously know them but and just have them just have them talk well that's the tough part too is getting the right getting the right information from somebody you maybe don't know as well yeah. like it's easy to get you know my friend's stories from them yeah but like i'm sure like this whole conversation right here my goal is to try to get out your good stories that i don't know right and so you got you talking about racing at NMCA. I'm sure you've dealt with some, with some stories out there because any any racing at any track, you're gonna have something crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have cool crazy I mean, stories. Kicking a, kicking a Turbo 400 into your dashes. Oh yeah, it's definitely something. Yeah. Was that car a six R80 car when you got it? Yeah, stock was a six R80. Six R80 car. Yeah, and I sold that, and that partially funded the uh, Turbo 400. Did you push that at? bad at all um yeah kind of um in the beginning it had the first um the first trans brake on the 6r the 6r80 um back in um probably what 2014 i think i think if i look back i got the first it was the first 6r80 on a trend that had a trans brake on it and okay. i got it out of the track do like pulling up one wheel because it didn't it didn't have a anti-roll bar or anything on it like yeah but it was so rudimentary we had I had like wires coming in from a box and it wasn't even a push button it was a it was a all I had at the time was a uh, an on off button like one of the arm switches yeah so like I would arm it clink like a nitrous arm floor switch. it yeah floor it and then like think flip it off and it would launch that's probably probably really good to cut a good tree yeah it, it was just like super proof of concept and stuff but it it worked, but they've taken it so far now and using different elements and different parts of the transmission to uh, engage. Well, now they've been low sevens yeah. in a 6R80, which is insane. I don't 
I can't think of many other like OEM form transmissions that can do anywhere near that. Uh, I, I think, I mean, uh, they got uh, input shaft and a couple billet parts in them, and yeah. then uh, the whole Lund crew does a, a, a separate where they, they make it, uh, it's not a six-speed anymore, so. Yeah, yeah, Lund with the Grey Goose has, I think, the record right now. Okay. I think so. I know Jim had it. Jim, he Wrong. had the 6RAD for a while. Yeah, I know it went from Brett to, to Jim to Lund. Yeah. But there's only so much that you can, it, I think Brett finally decided that he wanted to go super, really fast, and that's what I, he do. I think it's crazy to even attempt it, honestly, because I'm... I am of a simpler mind of these Turbo 400s work, these power glides work. Yep. <laughs> it, it takes a different level of crazy, in a way, to build a race car around parts like that. Well, uh, not only race car guys, but um, I guess some of the super guys are using them um, with adapters. Yeah, for streetcar stuff. Yeah, and having the, the Motec and the, mm -hmm. the, the Haltech or whatever control. It's great the for that. Like, if you're going to go Yeah, like a straight race, transmission, it's um, awesome. Like, you go take it out to, like, TX2K on the streets, yep. that would be great. Because even the A340, which the Supras came with, are pretty good, but they're just not quite as strong. Yeah, they're super rare, too, right? I mean... They, they are becoming more rare, especially compared to a Mustang transmission that came in a million vehicles. Trucks. Trucks, yeah. Everything. Yeah, and, they're and, definitely more rare. And they're, they're pretty much identical. I think, I think a couple of them might have, like, a different clutch... Um, stack one might you know have a one less clutch than the other but if you're going to rebuild it and build it like the guts are there mm -hmm. have you been a part of any like really fast teams and other forms of like in drag racing because i know a lot of people they uh they join teams and they're kind of their on-site mechanic and stuff and i've i've often wanted to to do that for some time and like learn from no but it, that, i think that would be fun though yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I could learn a lot. Just you know, I mean, every time I go to the track, I learn something. Like yeah. Um, but no, never been a part of any cool teams. So or programs, I, I guess. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any cool stories from that. <laughs> I mean, we we are starting. Our my buddy, our buddy Tommy's. We're gonna be that that team, and yeah. if he's gonna. What class are you guys going for? He's no time class. No time. But, well, I mean, we're gonna be his like crew. He's he should be pretty. But it, it's a high enough caliber of a car where you, you just don't go out by yourself anymore. You know, no. you you got to go out there with a couple guys. Sometimes even my car, you know, I go 780s and I'll go out there by myself and I'm like, man, like something happened on the big end, like by myself yeah. out here. Like, <laughs> I mean, you need someone to be with you there on the line. I mean, it's it just it's a lot nicer when you go with a few people. Yeah, racing with that caliber of a car. Yeah, racing definitely requires a, an army yeah. for that kind of stuff. Well, we can um, wrap it up here. We've done about 40 minutes of talking. I think we're, I think we're good there. But uh, where can they find you? Anything you want to plug? Your um, new business, your new venture? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Pack Precision. Um, that's our, yeah, that's our CNC shop. And, um, yeah, starting uh, Billet Keys, BilletKeys.com. Like actual car keys. Yeah, so if you have any... Uh, JDM... Uh, yeah, we're going to start with the Toyota Supra and um, some of the earlier Skyline and uh, I guess like the Sylvia stuff uh, that don't need chips in the keys. But uh, we're going to try to do that brass and titanium um, key blanks that you can have cut if you want to and 
and actually use them. Yeah. Do you want to plug your YouTube channel at all? Uh, it's been pretty inactive. It's Turbo Sally. <laughs> I Turbo need, Sally, if you want I was, to see the car we're talking about. I was just commenting and, and telling him that like it takes so much effort to do uh, be consistent on a YouTube channel because I found myself just, instead of grabbing the camera, I'm just doing and I should have grabbed the camera to film. So I can only imagine how much longer it takes you to complete a project because you know that you have to, you have to think about it and, and grab the camera, film, set something up, do an intro, do an outro, and it, it, it's got to take you like five times longer to do something. So it, props to you and anybody who's got a YouTube channel that regularly posts because it's a pain in the butt, and I, I want to do it again. I, I like... I, I like just sitting there. Even if nobody watches the videos, I like sitting down and, yeah, and editing. Yeah, you, you went to film school for a time, yeah, so yeah. you clearly have some. I, that's, that's where you get into the more of the problem, though, because you have the director-ish vision of when you want to film. Yeah. Because you're going to want to set up different angles. Yep. You're going to want to edit whereas, whereas in a you and some of the other, like, you know, Cletus, it's almost raw. And mm -hmm. the people on the other end of the lens, they don't care. They don't no. care if it's raw. They don't care if it's shot on your iPhone. Me, I'm like, I need a sweet camera. I need some good audio. Let me get a second angle in here. And, like, I tell myself, no one cares. I mean, they'll care if it looks good and sounds good. But, mm -hmm. like, no one cares. Just tell the story. Yeah. They, don't, they definitely don't pay as much attention. And you got to remember, people are seeing it on a phone. Most, yeah. Like, 90% yep. of viewership is a cell phone. Yeah. Very rarely is it anything bigger. And even, like, people talk about 4K and stuff, and it's not yeah. necessary on YouTube because YouTube kills that quality anyways. Have you got any statistics on, uh, on the podcast channel yet? A little bit, but nothing too crazy. And it's also on Spotify and iHeartRadio and stuff like that. It's so. still YouTube the biggest? Uh... Yeah, YouTube's the biggest platform for it. But YouTube is also the best platform, so. Yeah. Can, um, can you do it to where they... Because I know there's YouTube. Like, if you pull up a music video... Or, uh, on YouTube, you can like watch it on YouTube Music, where it doesn't stream the video portion of it. Mm -hmm. Can do they do that with podcasts too? I haven't tried to do that. I never use YouTube Music. I could definitely look into that. I've never. I know you can close it. Like you can close your YouTube app and continue yeah, to listen if, if you pay for it. Yes, that's with YouTube Premium. Pay for and you paying for YouTube is great. Yes, I haven't seen an ad in in so long. I go to somebody else's house and you try to show them something. Mm -hmm. What is this? What is this ad? You're watching an ad? I know. I've been I've been paying for YouTube Premium a long time. I wish they would sponsor my videos because I shout that out a lot. It's the best service. Yeah. <laughs> More worth than Netflix or anything like that. How how does it? I, I know this it keeps going on and on, but no, how does it? Like, um, it's like now I'm now I'm interviewing you. Yeah, exactly. The second portion. Yeah. How is it? Um, so if uh, instead of so if I don't if I go to your YouTube channel and I don't see an ad or anything like that, you still get paid because I'm a yeah, premium member, the, right? It's pretty much the same. Yeah, okay. they they don't use it to like hurt creators. That's how I've always seen it. Like, they're not gonna come out with this service that hurts creators. And gotcha. What well, I mean, they have to be making a killing off of it because I mean it's like twelve bucks a month. Yeah, it's a rev share. So they, they distribute it. That twelve. They've got to make more money off of me than me clicking on the, the lifetime that I've watched YouTube uh, on ads. Well, so. you're a guaranteed twelve bucks. at that yeah. point. You're not a mystery. Maybe, maybe you'll they'll show you a couple ads. Yep. There's probably more people that 
will be paying a guaranteed 12 bucks a month that maybe before wouldn't have watched $12 a month worth of ads. Yep, that's what I was saying. Like, I've never clicked on an ad. Like, Yeah, it's unlikely that... I always feel like it's unlikely that ads get clicked on. It's more likely that I do an ad read and it's better. Like, if I... Oh, yeah. Like, YouTube the, channels do reads. Yeah, I think that's going to go away because it's like uh, ads on TV now. You tune them out. Like, mm-hmm. you either wait for the, the skip... Or you just know and you tune it out. People are used to it now. Yeah, the ad stuff is is tough. You just have to work it into the videos. And that's why with car parts is really tough because most people watching videos aren't... Car guys. Not even cool. that, though. They're the, the chance that they buy the part that you're, yeah. you're sponsored... Like, yes, I could be sponsored an ECU and an engine harness. Yes, that may have a... A group of people to buy. That's it, very niche, though. Who's looking for an ECU niche. that's watching your video? If I do an ad for a mattress, yeah, it's a very broad range of people that will be buying a mattress. Yeah, pretty much everyone. So that's kind of the. Uh, it's kind of why you see little insight. That's why you see ads for security systems and energy drinks and stuff like that. How many uh, how many subs you need to uh, to get some energy drink sub? Uh, It'd be great. You're like I mean, 11 you or 12 right out now, there. Right? Yeah, it's like 12,000 right now. Yeah. So, so speaking of mo- Monster, I don't think they, they don't advertise. They don't need it anymore. It's like uh, Tesla. They, they sponsor. They sponsor uh, like uh, motorsports, mm-hmm. but you'll never see a, a Monster ad. You don't like see Red Bull. Tesla ads either. You're Tesla right. doesn't do any marketing. You don't need to. You it's know? like a household name yeah. by itself. Chevy has to try to get you to buy their cars because nobody wants them anymore. Well, that and, you know, Jim, Bob, and, and Jane, that are, they're going to go to the Kia, Kia dealership, and they're going to go to the Chevy dealership. They're not, like, passionate about their vehicle like, like car guys are, to where, like, I'll buy another Mustang no matter what it looks like, right? Yeah. So they're going to go and, well, I didn't like the backup camera on this one. Let's go get the Chevy. Yeah, they go for the minor stuff, like, yeah, if they it don't care have what they drive. Airplay. They don't care what they drive. <laughs> you know, as long as it has a warranty. Whereas, you're a car guy. Like the guys I mean, that work at the Kia dealership that I know, like it's it's like a full replacement. Like oh, like, you know, alternator bad. Like, drop the subframe. You put a whole new one. In. Like they're it's like full replacement on just all that shit, because it's all disposable. On these new cars, it's like mostly disposable. Did you see the new um? S650, I think they were talking about, the Mustang, with the dual throttle bodies and everything. Yeah, I watched the review. It, it looked like a cool car, but the review, or the um, the re, the reveal, did you watch it live? I saw some of it. It's horrible. It's, it, it's hard to watch. Whoever did that needs to get fired. Do you think that they did dual throttle bodies to hurt tuners? I have no idea. You know what? I they, think that that will make it more difficult to tune here's my thinking the amount just talking mustangs alone the amount of them that are tuned is so minute they probably the the amount of influence that thinking oh let's try to do this to try to curb uh them tuning or modifying this probably doesn't even they probably don't even talk about it 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 may come up in passing because 99 percent of people who own a mustang drive an a to b if you think about it, yep. the millions that are sold, I mean, 
there's a huge percent that are rental cars. There's a huge percent that are V that are six cylinders. They'll they'll, they'll lock the ECUs, but the ECUs are locked on, um, you know, the cars that you don't want to tune. Yeah. They just it's the technology that they're coming out with, and it just trickles down to every uh, um, every platform. Well, and then there's the Mach E, which was really a curveball. Yeah, I mean, just make an electric Mustang SUV. See, I'm a fan of anything. Like, I mean, look, from a, a Mustang to a Charger with a K swap in it. Uh, some people out there are just totally, whether it's to, you know, to rile them up and everything. But like, I'm not against EVs. Like, mm -hmm. do, do I think everyone can go and get one right now and plug it into the house? No, that everything would burn up. Like, the infrastructure is yeah. not ready for it. But, uh, I mean, you can. It's weird that they use the Mustang name like that, though. Yes. It seems like there must have been something bureaucratic reason that that had to happen. Because why why tarnish the name of your greatest sports car that you've ever made? Yeah. And put make it a completely different vehicle. Someone probably was dead set on it. There was probably a group of people that had PowerPoints on why not to use it, you know. And someone just put their foot down and said, no, it's going to be a Mustang. I, I wonder if it's something with your, like, by it being a Mustang, it makes the whole Mustang lineup more gas efficient. So they're able to, like, have the whole spectrum almost. Like, like then, then when yeah, you look at so, it as a whole, like, oh, our Mustangs so are they do, this they do, efficient. They do a little, a little presentation. It's like, the average Mustang MPG is this, exactly. and then there's a little asterisk. Like, what's that little asterisk? Includes Mach-E. That's what I'm wondering, if it yeah. brings the whole average to a better point where they can come out with the new stuff. Like, because I think even Corvette's or, planning a similar thing. Or they're just getting the, uh, the population ready. You know, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a Mustang Mach-E. It's electric, kind of putting the word Mustang and electric mm -hmm. into the same sentence before they, they come out with like just a full-on electric sports car. I've often thought about electric-assisted, how cool that would be. Yeah. Like, you're talking all-wheel drive. Like, if your front engine was, you know... Electric motor. Electric in the axles, and yeah. then you had driven in the rear by... Supercars do it. Yeah. That's like... what the... Uh, I think the P1, the new P1, and, like, the um, the Porsche 980... Was it 918 or their, their new... But like for like a drag and drive event? <laughs> be pretty great. Yeah. You could just like, you could have your nitrous fed 900 cubic inch big block motor that you can never drive on the street. Yeah. And then somehow be pulling your car around with the electric motors in the front. Or the electric supercharger is a cool one too, where they just drive the crank uh, off of, they just have a big car. F1 belt. did that, right? I think they did something similar. They had like two options they could... They could use it to charge the battery, or they it was like a, a supercharger and a... Mm -hmm. I've seen one guy do it where he basically had like a blower belt, and when they turned it on, it would kind of drive the crank to take some of the load off of it, and just, it was it was supercharging the car like that, not putting air into the engine, just, oh, okay. just like speeding a, up the crank. Kind of like if you had, like we were talking about, like a, a viscous coupler or something where like you can... You spin it enough to take a little a load, alleviate some yeah, of the so load Yeah, so like at low crank. RPM, you basically make it Sounds like something Volvo assembler. would do. You know, Volvo's like always coming out with variable compression rods mm -hmm. and variable. Because in theory, at low RPM, it makes your rotating assembling, assembly much lighter yeah. because it's taking all that low-end load off of it. You could rev really fast. You, you're basically helping it to 
sit there rev like a like an F1 car, mm -hmm. but it's like a just a regular V8. And GM did it too for a while, where they had the transmissions had like a electric magnetic deal in there that helps speed up the drum. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> that one sounds terrible. It was the hybrid Tahoes. That's how they work. The the transmission is the electric driven part. Damn. Yeah. So. They've tried some weird shit. I, I know I know you're wanting to end this thing, but no, you don't. When have to. we, um, I'm I'm not in a rush. I was over at a, a friend of mine's shop, and there was a, a new Dodge, and it had the e-torque. I thought it was like a, a, like an economy diesel. You know, they put like the F-150 hat you could get with a, a diesel in it, but you pop the hood, and instead of, instead of an alternator, there's electric motor. Mm -hmm. that gets fed from a small battery bank on board. It's like, it's called E-Torque e or whatever. Yep. It's in a little electric motor that assists the truck. I think that's what on I'm belt. talking about. It pulls, on a belt. Yeah, it, it basically takes the power from, the power that would be taken by all your accessory drive, because everybody yeah. always talks about, oh my gosh, like yep. you take your AC off and you pick up five horsepower. So it kind of saves your accessory drive in a way. But you pop it up and it looks like it's a. Like if you've ever looked at a car with a, the electric motors and stuff, it looks like it's really, really small. You got a couple thick looking cables coming off to it, mm -hmm. but it, it's like your alternator and yeah. some sort of electric they motor. Put the, uh, they put the orange cables there that yep. the firefighters know to cut and mm -hmm. whatnot. Yeah, you ever see that under the hood where they have like directions here. for yeah. a fireman? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if there's a fire going on if they're going to be reading the directions, but. Oh. That's always the argument is like you can't let them at the track because if they burn down the track's not prepared to put them out. Yeah, I mean, but what's it going to take? You uh, a front end loader pick the damn thing up. It's going to be totaled. Pick it up and put it somewhere and just let it burn itself out. I mean, that's I, what I always thought. You just have like a a hole on the side of the track like, yeah. like a, a one car size hole and you're just like, "Hey, just put it in there." Then you just like throw dirt on top of it. Yeah, or like a little mound of dirt. Like, what, what's that mound for? Oh, that's the the EV pile. Yeah, you just bury it. The... I know they like put them underwater pretty much. Is how they put them out. That's one of their goals. That's one of their moves to put them out. Is like fully submerged. Yeah. But that sounds scary. Also, it, none of it's great. But that's why they didn't let them run in Formula Drift in Long Beach. There was an electric drift car. And mm. they wouldn't let it run near the city. They act like it's a nuclear bomb. If right. it's going to burn, it's going to sit there and burn. If a normal car burns, it's going to sit there and burn. But, I mean, you just let it burn out. Like, the car's gone. Just I've seen a lot of cars burn to the ground at the track. I've seen it happen. Like, sometimes you just can't get them out. <laughs> and it just it happens. Like, I've, I've been lucky enough to put my car out when it had a small fire. Some people don't get as lucky. Some people don't have fire suppression. But it is what it is. We'll see what happens in the next five years for EVs. It, I know it's going to get expensive, hell. But being a car guy in general is, is expensive. It's like an, an addiction. I kind of sometimes wish I was into, like, knitting or something. I actually like Competitive knitting. Yeah. Like, you know, some titanium, like, but still. You're already modifying yeah. your other hobby that you made up in your head. That it can't be anywhere as expensive <laughs> as cars. Yeah, you you should look into boats. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> you should get into boats next. 
there's that's that's one of the things once car guys like you know they take a year off of racing and it's like oh man i'm so glad i'm done racing and then they're like in like into boat racing <laughs> they're like yeah, take spin- their time off of drag racing spending the same amount of money and you just got like your average boat or like a eighty thousand dollar side by side it's kind of where it goes it just it just goes into another thing it doesn't just disappear you don't just suddenly have your disposable income that you were spending. Yeah. You find where to put it. <laughs> but, all right, we can wrap it up there now. Uh, huge thank you for coming on. Um, we'll have to talk again someday. And, um, yeah, it was a good one. So thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.